0: What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of audacity and advice where their wheels and yours get turned upside down.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Rachel Silver Cohen from Unpolished Therapy. And once again, I'm here with my co-pilot,
2: Dr. Boca. What's up, Dr. Boca? We're back. We're back. How are you? It's so good to see you, and I'm so excited to get back into business here. What's going on? Thank you. It's nice to be seen. Right? What's going on? Tell me Oh, my God. What isn't going on? Well,
1: you know, here we are. We're back. We're back. We're back. It's another episode, season two, so that's exciting. I don't know. I mean, there's so much going on, and I guess we could sort of just throw all of our sorts into a hat and pick one out. I've been a little out of sorts lately. I guess it seems... Important to mention that we're trying to be positive and encouraging, and it's a new year and a new you, and we've won, and all of that good stuff. But I do think that a lot of us have felt, at least the feedback I've been getting, is that so here we are, but what's really changed? Mm -hmm. And even though we're all trying to be so incredibly optimistic and enthused about the positive aspect of making changes in the new year the reality of life hasn't caught up quite yet, which I guess we knew intellectually, Mm -hmm. but emotionally, does that tie into our successes and our failures? And I thought maybe you could help out, you know, are we falling short before we've even gotten to the gate? so to speak. And I know what you're going to say that the answer, of course, not. But I think maybe on a broad scope that the topic maybe today can be about successes and failures and discussing almost how the two really do go hand in hand.
2: Absolutely. Um, And I think you're hitting on something really big globally right now is because we're not balanced and we're not at equilibrium and we had high hopes and expectations. We feel as though, like, what's the point? And I'm going to say everything's perspective. And in all things, we can see many different facets of it. And so like you're saying, some of the failures might be successes, some of our successes, other people or ourselves may see them as falling short. And so if we can change our mindset about things, and I think that's really, really what's so critical in this time, because so much is unknown and so much is scary and so much is exciting and so much is depressing and so much is everything that we really have to work on our mindset and how we look at opportunities and shortcomings and reframe them for ourselves.
1: Okay. Well, then I think you're going to be really proud of me.
2: <gasps> I'm so excited. I love I, being proud of you. Yeah.
1: Well, I remember, and listeners out there, I don't know if you recall, but I'm going to remind you that several episodes ago, last season, Dr. Boken and I were talking about being in the moment relative to... I guess, challenges with our children and how I had related a story how I know we're supposed to say, oh God, I shouldn't behave like a complete lunatic. But while you're being a lunatic, you've already kind of blown your wad a little bit and how you had said some of your points to go easy on yourself, Try to take a little piece of what you've learned from that last mistake and then apply it forward. And little by little, sooner or later, maybe you've accomplished that task of what that failure was. So the long and the short this week, in keeping with successes and failures, I will share a story that my older son turned 15. Oh, Um, that's a
2: big age.
1: Well, especially down here it is. Well, and that's the thing. I take a little bit of issue with the Floridian laws down here. Yeah, thanks. 15 is just a wee bit young to get a driver's permit, in my opinion. Agreed. Okay. And... As a parent and a nut job parent at that, that control piece that we've always talked about, I'm not really in a rush for him to even have this driver's permit because my attitude on this is anyone who is still wearing braces, okay, (laughs) Okay. I don't really think that braces and driving a killing machine go hands in hand. I just don't think you're old enough. But it's a rite of passage and these kids, you know, this is what it is and I don't make the laws here. But I said, okay, well, this is what happens. It's part of life and the kid's going to get his driver's permit. So in order to do that, there's some steps required. And I went online. I figured out what that was. And I, you know, there's a course you have to take, alcohol and drugs. And then there's like this written exam and
2: so on and so forth. It's not that complicated. But for a 15-year-old, maybe awesome. it is. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm assuming the drug and alcohol course is about safety with drug and alcohol. It's not about taking drug and alcohol. (laughs) Just clarifying for our audience. One
1: would hope. One One would hope.
2: hope. You know, just putting that out there for the audience. Exactly. So
1: the long and the short, and knowing my long-winded, the way I tell a story, it's probably going to be more long than short. I said to him, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make you drink. Here is the course. It's paid for. This is your logon. Let's pick a password together. Here you go. Okay? Mm -hmm. The course was about four hours or something like that. And and then whatever the tests were and all. And and I said, figure it out. We have an appointment on your birthday. But I'm not, I'm out of this. Mm -hmm. I'm not participating in this little project of yours. If you're old enough, responsible to potentially drive a car, you're old enough and responsible enough to do what's required on the front end. Okay. So, but of course being me, am on unpolishedness and, and probably all parents are like this. Did you do it? Did you do it? How's it going? How's it going? Are you doing it? And the response was, I know I will. I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. I will. And I just knew you have that guttural instinct as a mom. Is this going to pan out the way it's supposed to when I wasn't going to jump in I just wasn't going to do it. That was my hard line. Okay. Mm -hmm. Even if we failed, I was trying to prove a point, I guess, but Mm -hmm. nonetheless. So, and he's a he's a pretty smart kid and responsible. And and I thought this is something that he kind of was into doing anyway. And, you know, I know when I was a kid, when you were a kid too, I was idling in the driveway oh, before yeah. I even had a piece of paper, totally. and I was ready to roll. Totally. This generation these days, I don't know if people are that excited, especially boys. I feel like all these kids are so entitled, and we're all their Uber drivers anyway.
2: So, and they're connected in the other They're also connected in other ways that we weren't connected. So, in order to see our friends, we I needed to drive. So. Now they can just go on a screen. Exactly. So to the point that
1: maybe that's where all things kind of fell apart. Anyway, so a couple days before his birthday, oh mom, guess what? I finished everything I needed to do. Great. Okay. Terrific. So the day of the birthday, we have the appointment and we show up and it could not have gone smoother. They took us right on time. We went up to the counter. We did the vision test. We took the picture. We're signing off. Everything is now done. I turn in the passport and the this and the that. And then the woman behind the desk says, so you, you did what was required online, right? To which he replies, yes, I, of course I did. Well, not so fast. There was some things that he did not finish. Aww. And so the permit was not had. We do not have it. And I, as the control freak, psycho lunatic, unpolished mom, but also I am that because I want to see him succeed and all sure. that. But it was the one thing that I stood back and I was not going to participate. in. And this is how it turned up. So we get back in the car and it is his birthday. And I now I'm fighting back, not going bananas Mm -hmm. because how could this have happened? So I said, you know, and and I'm not going to lie. I was pissed, took time out of my day. Sure. And it was a disappointment all around. So I said, you know, you need to apologize to me because you wasted my time and time is money. And you need to apologize to yourself Mm -hmm. because aren't you disappointed? But you had one job to do. And I have this line, like people have one job to do. I look back on like, you go to a restaurant and the waitress takes your order. She fucks it up and gets it wrong. And it's like, lady, you had one job to do. And that's what we're paying you for. And you screwed it up. You messed it up. Am I wrong for being angry or disappointed or hot under the collar? So I said, you need to apologize to me and you need to apologize to yourself. So he looked at me and he said, mom, I will apologize to you for wasting your time. But I am not going to apologize to myself for wasting my time because I thought I had done the whole thing. I didn't know there was more. And let's call it what it is. He's still only 15 years old, which again, my point, he shouldn't be driving a car anyway. (laughs) He said, I made a mistake. And you always tell me we're allowed to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So you shouldn't be mad at me. And in that moment, I thought of you. Now I know long-winded, here I come, I'm circling (laughs) back around. Let me get to it. Um, here I am. Yep. Parking the car, no pun intended. And I said, Oh my God, I have to rewrite this script now. I've got to turn the frown upside down. It's the kid's birthday, underscoring the word kid. He mm-hmm. he's a child still. He sure. did make a mistake. I was not micromanaging. I was not helicoptering him at all. And he just told me something that I have been trying to drill into him for since the day is dawn, you know, since he was an infant. If you make a mistake, it's okay. Learn from it and move on and don't make the same mistake twice. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? You're right. You're right. You made a mistake. It's not the end of the world. Moving on. I cannot be mad at you. Don't make the same mistake twice. And you know who else isn't going to make this mistake again? Your brother, right? Anyone else may be listening who has young kids out there who potentially will be driving a car or, or anything for that matter. Maybe it'll be a college application or, or maybe it'll be, I don't know what it'll be. But in that moment, I remembered our conversation where you said, try in the moment before mm-hmm. you go bananas and fly off the handle to remember. And take a breath or a beat. And I remember at the time, I kind of rolled my eyes and I was like, Dr. Boca, give me a break. (laughs) When I'm in the middle of the debacle, I'm not going to sit there and try to remember. Let me get my notes out from what Dr. Boca said. But I did. And maybe it was the combination of the way he said it and our conversations that we've had. And we took that failure. And we turned it into a success. And it was part and parcel with his words to me, the way that he said it, the conversations we've had, and a moment to reflect and say, okay, well, we fucked up, but let's take those lemons and pour ourselves some lemonade and he did do the part on alcohol and and (laughs) drugs. He knows you can't drive a car if you've made
2: some alcoholic lemonade. So, you know. He kept a virgin. I get it. I get it. No, but kudos to you. I mean, Rachel, that's such a hard thing, being a parent and wanting to protect our children and wanting to do it for them and making sure that the road is paved for them. And there's only so much we can do, right? And they will fall short. They're kids. But how amazing that he was able to take a lesson that you taught him, as bad it feels as a parent to be called to task on the one thing that we instilled in our children. Like they know exactly the buttons to push to throw it back at us. But what a moment that you guys had that you were able to see it. You were able to stop. You were able to pause. You were able to take a break. Took a failure, quote unquote, okay, which is only a perceived failure. Because he probably learned more in this moment than he did in every other thing that you've paved the way for him for and made easier for him. Like he just had this opportunity to say, you know what? Not everything works out the way it's supposed to, but I can keep going. My mom and I had a great conversation. She learned from it. I know that I messed up and she's still there for me and she still supports me. My mother just modeled for me that she too makes mistakes and can learn from them. Like like, kudos. It was not a missed opportunity. It was not a failed opportunity. And trust me when I say this will take him so much further in life than if he would have just got that permit and celebrated it and thought nothing of it. I think you're probably... Really right about that. So thank oh my God. You. Thank no, you, you. I'm yeah, right about yeah, something. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> you are. You're right. And I and I feel it. I feel it in my bones. And I think maybe what we can kind of put out to everyone out there, we can use this example that there was something liberating for me as that control freak. I don't think I'm embarrassed to say it because it, it's just fact that I am that hoverer, that hawk. I have a friend, she too is like this, and she told me growing up, she used to call her mother smother, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I don't want to take credit for it, but like- it's a good I, That's a great one, right? And I'm his smother, okay? That's and, awesome. I might use that one. Yeah, it's great. It's totally great. I'm going to definitely tell my friend to listen in on this because I don't want to take credit for someone else's money We will money give line, it to her. We will give it to her, but I um, may steal it with my patients okay. so if you don't mind. But I didn't smother. Mm-hmm. I, now, granted, it fell short. But I do think that the learning lesson and the value add on that, that's a measure of success. And that's the point that we're trying to make. The fuck-ups are the major, major teachable moments. And who knows? Maybe the, maybe the goal of this Unpolished podcast today
2: is just everyone keep fucking, fucking up. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I don't think you're going to hear that from anybody else in the right. world. You guys, you have our blessing. Go fuck off. There
1: you go. You guys out there, put one foot in front of the other and just keep falling. Just trip <laughs> and fall and bump into things and just fuck it all up. And thank God this isn't therapy, right? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Should I do the disclaimers? This <laughs> would probably be...
2: A this real, will maybe this time. Should.
1: I think you need to do the disclaimers this time because we're basically like putting the idea out there that just the goal of today is the <laughs> mantra mess up mess up the more you mess up the, the more you rise
2: you rise well you know it's like there is a a technique in therapy called paradoxical intentions or interventions or whatever and it's basically telling them to do you know what you want them to do and like giving them permission to do it so that you get the result that you're looking for so you can extinguish the behavior and the thought process whatever whatever and i probably just slaughtered that because that's so technical and i'm not a technical person but Point being is, as the disclaimer, only because I want to keep my license, this isn't therapy. So, you know, I'm not really telling you guys to go fuck up, but there is a greater lesson in here is that it's okay if we do screw up, right? Or what is a perceived screw up? Because, again, if you go back to perception and you go back to perspective right? The perception may be that it's a fuck up, but if you gain perspective on it, like we just did with this, oh my God, like the greatest success in his, in his childhood may have just come out of this perceived failure. So I encourage everybody to work with their mindset on certain things because so much of the stuff that puts us in this anxiety mode and this depressed mode or this control mode or this need for approval and all of this mischagos that we all do all created in our head because of our mindset. And so we got to work on that. Yeah.
1: I was also thinking as you were giving us those great words of wisdom, how many times has anyone out there gotten fired, right? We think from that perception standpoint, firing, I mean, that is the king fail, right? So to speak, right? And nobody wants to get fired. Even from the time you're a little kid or with things you see on TV or you read in books, you're called into your boss's office and you're shuddering, oh, my God, am I in trouble? Did I do something wrong? Do I get a demerit? Are you writing me up? And that big, you know, the number one, oh, my God, am I getting fired? Mm -hmm. So, those learning lessons too. I as a young kid, old enough to have a job, but I had a job and I've never been fired in my life again for that point because <laughs> exactly. who gets fired? Only people that fuck up, right? I try <laughs> to to not be the fuck up. But I was working at a job and I had been there for a while. Probably in the grand scope of my life, this was not the career of all careers. This was a stepping stone. But what happens is we kind of get comfortable. In the comfort of something that maybe isn't pushing us, so to speak, right? It's a little less than, but then it gives you an opportunity to be a star. I always say, do you want to be the king of the losers? right? <laughs> or do you want to be, I guess, you know, in more or, or less, I should say, unpolished methods, like, do you want to be a big fish in, in, in a small pond? Or do you want to be a little fish in a big pond? For someone like me, I've always wanted to be a big fish in a big pond, so to speak. But it takes time. You got to learn how to tread water and swim and so on and so forth. Looking back, this job I had, chances are I was a big fish in a small pond. Mm. And my boss recognized that. Now my mind, I guess, was small at the time because when he fired me, like, I was a. Rat, okay, I was like, "What? Wait, what just happened here?" Like, I'm like looking over my shoulder. You can't possibly be talking to me. What did I do? And I probably did do things wrong. It wasn't certainly the you know the most sophisticated job out there. But I think in hindsight, through therapy, because I definitely was distraught that how could someone tell me that I was subpar and they were getting rid of me. Like you don't want me anymore. Right. And that was a huge failure. I think what had happened was he probably did recognize my potential. At least that's what I tell myself now. And it was time to move on. And he was like, our time together here is done. Maybe I was his little chickadee and he was Mm -hmm. letting me fly away. And he wasn't as gracious about the firing. (laughs) But I do think in hindsight, that's probably what had happened, and it was the best thing that ever happened. I would have stayed sure. at a job that I was better than, and it was safe, and I knew it, and the money
2: was decent, but that wasn't. That wasn't the career. That wasn't really breaking out so. and i'm going to I'm going to throw one more thing in the mix, just knowing from our conversations, your personal life. You know, as much as that must have felt like the biggest blow to your ego, what happened in that moment was it taught you that sometimes we hold on to things for too long that aren't working for us because of the comfort. And we've talked about this being comfortable and the discomfort, so to mm-hmm. speak, probably modeled for you a, a way of being able to extricate yourself from your marriage in a way that was productive, right? And honest and genuine of saying, you know what, I could stay in this, but I could also extricate myself from this because it's limiting to me or it's not fulfilling what I needed to be or it's just I could stay in it because it works, but there might be other opportunities for me to grow as a person outside of this relationship. So my point of saying, and whether that's true or not true for your, your situation, what happens in that moment is not just a learning opportunity in that moment. We don't know when in our life those moments will be resurrected and those lessons will be resurrected so that we can use them in a way that we would never have been able to have the opportunity to either have the words or the foresight or the confidence or the self-worth to be able to do those things. So I just kind of put that out there to make it a little bit more global for you.
1: Thank you. I want to ask you this because if I have this question, I'm wondering if listeners at home have this question too. From a... Professional standpoint, okay. Why do you think the nature of our culture is that we need to have a failure, even though I, I know that it sets us up for success? But mm-hmm. if failure, by definition, the narrative on that is negative and suffering and that we're troubled, why has that become the model. Where did we in our world or in the, I don't know, in the Dr. Freud, when he sat and wrote out how to shrink people's brains, why does it have to be such a trying experience in order to truly grow? Where do you think that comes from? Maybe speak to that a little bit and, and how to measure success that way versus are there any positive things? And I'm, and I'm sure that there are, but, but I guess my question is, Why does it have to take a real low
2: to marvel in the potential high that we can yield from it and to propel us forward? Let's look at it this way. And we talked about this at one point. I asked you a question about it. Like, do you celebrate your successes? And most people say no, right? When I achieve a goal, I just keep going. You know, I worked out four days this week. I didn't pat myself on the back. I just kept going. We don't look in society as a way of celebrating those successes because we take them for granted. This is what we should. And you, you said this word earlier, and I started to interrupt. And then I was like, oh, you can't interrupt on a podcast. It sounds so bad. I hate the word should. Even though I use it, I try very consciously not to use it because anytime you set up a should, you're setting yourself up to fail because now there's a way that you have to do it. And I'm always a believer that there shouldn't be a way that you have to do it. I said the word, right? The way that you have to do it, find a different way to do it. Find the way that works for you to do it. So what happens is there's an expectation that this is what we ought to be doing. And when we achieve it, we get no success in feelings of it. But if it came from a place where we feel that we fell short of, then it hits on our self-worth. It hits on our self-esteem. There's a perception from other people. And a lot of us are focused in on what other people think about it and their shame associated with it. And I think that shame is one of the most vulnerable, deteriorating emotions that we have that we so quickly try to cover up. And that's when we see anger and that's when we see humor. And that's when we see all of these defense mechanisms coming up is to hide that shame. And so people are so uncomfortable by shame that that's usually what generates them into to go into therapy, or that's usually what gets people to stop and say, this is the worst feeling I've ever had. How am I going to get out of this hole? And the flip side also is that when you feel bad, you'll want to get out of it, right? You want to figure out a way to, to keep going. When you feel good, you don't want that feeling to end. So you just kind of keep doing what you're doing and you keep succeeding, 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 or not appreciating the success because it just feels good. But when you feel bad, everything becomes so much harder and it's so defeating and you just want to get out of it. So we try to learn from those experiences to never feel that way again. And I don't know if I totally answered your question, but that's how I interpreted the question. So
1: if I missed it, No, you did. No, you did. And I thank you. I'm going to go so far to say for anyone listening, I think they thank you also because it was clear. And it's a bummer that we don't, stop and appreciate our successes nearly as much as we should. I am definitely raising my hands guilty of that. I have yeah. a slew of examples and you know we can save that for another time or if people want to know, write us and I'm happy to share that. But of course, we all have successes. And if we stop and we think about all the things that we have done, we really can pat ourselves on the back and we should do it more. So what I'm going to encourage everyone, I, and Dr. Boca, I know you're always normally like, okay, that's the end of the session. Uh, and I know we're getting close. So I'm going to kind of end it on that note to put out to our listeners, this is your homework assignment. Oh, and look I at think, you. Yeah.
2: Wow. Gosh, <laughs> you're a
1: tough one. I'm giving people a homework assignment, and I want you to report back, okay? I, I do. You know, I have to he- helicopter a little bit. If you're oh, telling me you I can't helicopter my children anymore, <laughs> I've got to be in
2: control of someone you know so you mean that we just brought you an entire audience of the world at large <laughs> and now you're gonna helicopter them so like I really fed into the neuroses rather than undone some of the unpolishedness of you oh Okay, I've, so,
0: right. Was a failure? I don't know. Well, I was
2: going to say so much for for
1: getting rid of the failures because <laughs> at, are you now setting me up for a total disappointment when people aren't doing what I tell them to do? But <laughs> but but I do think that this is a very easy homework assignment, and I think it'll make everyone feel great. And Dr. Boca, I'm giving you the assignment too, and we'll talk about it off air. Okay. I think everyone should take just a minute or two now after the podcast tomorrow morning before you go to sleep, whenever, and every day, try to take a moment to think about one thing that you've done right, that you know makes you feel good, and put the emphasis on that positive And Needless to say, there'll be a zillion failures that we can have Dr. Bocus shrink our brains about down the road. And there's plenty of that. We know that as evidenced by what she said, it's our nature to kind of focus on what we've done wrong in that shame piece. But just every day for a minute or two, take a second for yourself, remind yourself how amazing you are. Remember what we talked about last week about plan B, B-E. We got some great feedback about that. So thank you to everyone on appreciating that little tidbit. And marveling in a little success, no matter how little it may be.
2: And I think that that's an awesome exercise. I use it with some of my patients. You know, the things that you're grateful for, things that you are successful at, something to appreciate. Those are awesome ways to start your day or end your day or take a moment in the day to be. And let me tell you guys, sometimes when you work with people who are severely depressed or severely anxious, sometimes just getting up in the morning is a success, right? Getting out of bed in the morning, taking a shower, that's a success, right? And you got to celebrate those small victories. We all do. I actually, and this is how unpolished I am, I sent to my best friend the other day, a 30-day challenge. It was a meme. And I said to her, I go, I finally found something that I know I'm going to be successful at. Like I know it. I said, there's only one person I know who might actually do better on this challenge than me. And it's her. And I wrote that in the text and she's like, oh my God, I'm in. What is it? It was a 30-day nap schedule. (laughs) like a 30 day nap challenge. I'm like, I win. You can come in a close second. Maybe you'll beat me. And it was awesome. And we got such a great laugh at it, but that's a success. Like find something you feel good that you know that you have done well and you laugh, you smile, you take a moment and celebrate it. I do want to give pause because I know there's a lot of transition going on in the world right now. And there's a lot of emotions and all of that. And Again, I just encourage everybody from where we are today is let's focus in on our mindset. What looks like failures can be successes, right? If we shift our perspective, remain focused on the things that are good and that we feel that we can find balance and appreciation and clarity in. So I kind of just want to throw that out there, honoring what's going on in the world and teaching us all life skills of how we can turn what looks like failures. And I put that in quotes, even though none of you guys can see my air quotes. There are air quotes going on here. Those failures are not necessarily failures. They can very much be life-changing successes.
1: Yeah. Dr. Boga said it, very eloquently. And I'm going to say it unpolishedly as we wrap up that what we said earlier, get out there and fuck up. up. Okay. (laughs) Just, just fuck it all up. And we'll talk about the benefits of that, you know, down the road when you're sitting, you know, maybe on a real couch and not just listening to the two of us go bananas with the microphones. But the long and the short is everything that happens, happens with the reason there is purpose there. Even if it does take us weeks, Days, months, even years to figure out what the positive was. We're all a work in progress, Doctor Boca. I thank you so much for making me smile, making me laugh, making me just a wee bit less unpolished.
2: Even though we are marveling in the we success are, of being unpolished, we are so unpolished. When my colleagues here that I just told people to go fuck up. this is going to go great. Oh um, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait but to hear this was all of awesome. This was awesome. So thank you guys for joining us for the sesh, and we will be here next week. And we will break down the wreckage.
1: We will. We'll be here next week, everyone, at the corner of Audacity and Advice. This has been Unpolished Therapy with myself, Rachel Silver-Cohen, and my favorite sidekick, Dr. Boca. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
0: Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone. Like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com find and like them on instagram facebook and twitter we'll see you next week when rachel Silvercone and dr boca ditch the couch grab the mic and break down all the wreckage